0: Chapter 33 of the fortunes of Glencore This is a LibriVox recording all LibriVox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer Please visit LibriVox.org Recording by Lynn Thompson The fortunes of Glencore by Charles James Lever Chapter 33 Night Thoughts It was with a proud consciousness of having well fulfilled his mission that Billy Traynor once more bent his steps towards Massa Besides providing himself with books of travel and maps of the regions they were about to visit He had ransacked Genoa for weapons and accoutrements and horse gear Well knowing the youth's taste for the costly and the splendid He had suffered himself to be seduced into the purchase of a gorgeously embroidered saddle mounting And a rich bridle in Mexican taste a pair of splendidly mounted pistols Chased in gold and studded with large turquoises with a Damascus sabre the hilt of which was a miracle of fine workmanship were also amongst his acquisitions and Poor Billy fed his imagination with the thought of all the delight these objects were certain to produce in this way he never wearied admiring them and a dozen times a day would he unpack them just to gratify his mind by picturing the enjoyment they were to afford. How well you are looking, my dear boy! cried he, as he burst into the youth's room and threw his arms around him. 'tis like ten years off my life to see you so fresh and so hearty. Is it the prospect of the glorious time before us that has given this new spring to your existence? more likely it is the pleasure I feel in seeing you back again said Massey and his cheek grew crimson as he spoke Tis too good you are to me too good said Billy and his eyes ran over in tears While he turned away his head to hide his emotion, but sure it is part of yourself I do be growing every day I live at first I couldn't bear the thought of going away to live in exile in the wilderness as one might say but now that I see your heart set upon it and that your vigor and strength comes back just by the mere anticipation of it, I'm downright delighted with the plan. Indeed, said the youth dreamily. To be sure I am, resumed Billy. And I do be thinking there's a kind of poetry in carrying away into the solitary pine forest minds stored with classic lore to be able to read one's Horace beside the gushing stream that flows on nameless and unknown, and con over old Herodotus. Amidst adventures stranger than ever he told himself, it might be a happy life, said the other slowly, almost moodily. Aye, and it will be, said Billy confidently. Think of yourself mounted on that saddle on a wild prairie horse, galloping free as the wind itself over the wide savannas with a drove of rushing buffaloes in career before you, and so eager in pursuit that you won't stop to bring down the scarlet winged bustard that swings on the branch above you there they go plunging and snorting the mad devils with a force that would sweep a fortress before them and There are we after them making the dark woods echo again with our wild yells That's what will warm up our blood till we're not afeard to meet an army of dragoons themselves Then pistols once belonged to carry a toke a chief from Sio, and that blade a real Damascus was born by aga of the janissaries isn't it a picture the youth poised the sword in his hand and laid it down without a word while billy continued to stare at him with an expression of intensest amazement is it that you don't care for it all now that your mind is changed and you don't wish for the life we were talking over these three weeks say so at once my own darling and here i am Ready and willing never to think more of it only tell me what's passing in your heart. I ask no more I Scarcely know it myself said the youth I feel as though in a dream and know not what is real and what is fiction How have you passed your time? What were you doing while I was away? dreaming I believe said the other with a sigh some embers of my old ambition warmed up into a flame once more And I fancied that there was that in me that by toil and labor might yet win upwards And that if so this mere life of action would but bring repining and regret And that I should feel as one who chose the meaner casket of fate when both were in my reach So you were at work again in the studio? I have been finishing the arm of the fawn in that pavilion outside the town a flush of crimson covered his face as he spoke which Billy as quickly noticed, but misinterpreted I And they praised you I'll be bound They said it was the work of one whose genius would place him with the great ones of art And that he could do this while scarcely more than a boy might in riper years be the great name of his century Did they not tell you so No not that not that said the other slowly then they bade you go on and strive and labor hard to develop into life the seeds of that glorious gift that was in you not that sighed the youth heavily while a faint spot of crimson burned on one cheek and a feverish lustre lit up his eye they didn't dispraise what you'd done did they broke in billy they could not if they wanted to do it but sure there's nobody would have the cruel heart to blight the repining bud of genius to throw gloom over a spirit that has to struggle against its own misgivings. You wrong them, my dear friend. Their words were all kindness and affection. They gave me hope and encouragement, too. They fancy that I have in me what will one day grow into fame itself. And even you, Billy, in your most sanguine hopes, have never dreamed of greater success for me than they have predicted in the calm of a moonlit saunter may the saints in heaven reward them for it said billy and in his clasped hands and uplifted eyes was all the fervour of a prayer they have my best blessings for their goodness muttered he to himself and so i am again a sculptor said Massey, rising and walking the room upon this career my whole heart and soul are henceforth to be concentrated my fame my happiness are to be those of an artist From this day and this hour let every thought of what not what I once was But what I had hoped to be be banished from my heart. I am Sebastian Greppi Never let another name escape your lips to me I will not even for a second turn from the path in which my own exertions are to win the goal Let the faraway land of my infancy its traditions its associations be but dreams for evermore forwards forwards cried he passionately not a glance not a look towards the past billy stared with admiration at the youth over whose features a glow of enthusiasm was now diffused and in broken unconnected words spoke encouragement and good cheer i know well said the youth how this same stubborn pride must be rooted out how these false deceitful visions of a stand and a station that i am never to attain must give place to nobler and higher aspirations and you my dearest friend must aid me in all this unceasingly unwearyingly reminding me that to myself alone must I look for anything and That if I would have a country a name or a home It is by the toil of this head and these hands they are to be won My plan is this said he eagerly seizing the other's arm and speaking with immense rapidity a life not alone of labour but of the simplest not a luxury not an indulgence our daily meals the humblest our dress the commonest nothing that to provide shall demand a moment's forethought or care no wants that shall turn our thoughts from this great object no care for the requirements that others need thus mastering small ambitions and petty desires we shall concentrate all our faculties on our art and even the humblest may thus outstrip those whose higher gifts reject such discipline you'll not live longer under the duke's patronage then said trainer not an hour i return to that garden no more there's a cottage on the mountain road to seraveza will suit us well it stands alone and on an eminence with a view over the plain and the sea beyond You can see it from the door there to the left of the olive wood lower down than the old ruin We'll live there Billy and we'll make of that mean spot a hallowed one where young Enthusiasts in art will come years hence When we have passed away to see the humble home Sebastian lived in to sit upon the grassy seat Where he once sat when dreaming of the mighty triumphs that have made him glorious a wild burst of mocking laughter ran from the boy's lips as he said this, but its accents were less in derision of a boast than a species of hysterical ecstasy at the vision he had conjured up. And why wouldn't it be so? exclaimed Billy ardently. Why wouldn't you be great and illustrious? The moment of excitement was now over, and the youth stood pale, silent, and almost sickly in appearance. Great drops of perspiration, too, stood on his forehead, and his quivering lips were bloodless. These visions are like meteor streaks, he said falteringly. They leave the sky blacker than they found it. But come along, let us to work, and we'll soon forget mere speculations. Of the life they now led, each day exactly resembled the other. Rising early, the youth was in his studio at dawn the faithful billy seated near read for him while he worked watching with a tact that only affection ever bestows each changeful mood of the youth's mind trainer varied the topics with the varying humours of the other and thus little of actual conversation took place between them though their minds journeyed along together to eke out subsistence even humble as theirs the young sculptor was obliged to make small busts and figures for sale and Billy disposed of them at Lucca and Pisa making short excursions to these cities as need required The toil of the day over they wandered out towards the seashore Taking the path which led through the olive road by the garden of the villa At times the youth would steal away a moment from his companion and enter the little park with every avenue of which he was familiar, and although billy noticed his absence, he strictly abstained from the slightest allusion to it. As he delayed longer and longer to return, Traynor maintained the same reserve, and thus there grew up gradually a secret between them, a mystery that neither ventured to approach. With a delicacy that seemed an instinct in his humble nature, Billy would now and then feign occupation or fatigue to excuse himself from the evening stroll and thus leave the youth free to wander as he wished Till at length it became a settled habit between them to separate at nightfall to meet only on the morrow These nights were spent in walking the garden around the villa Lingering stealthily amid the trees to watch the room where she was sitting to catch a momentary glimpse of her figure as it passed the window to hear perchance a few faint accents of her voice Hours long would he so watch in the silent night his whole soul Steeped in a delicious dream Wherein her image moved and came and went with every passing fancy In the calm moonlight he would try to trace her footsteps in the gravel walk that led to the studio and Lingering near them whisper to her words of love one night as he loitered thus He thought he was perceived for as he suddenly emerged from a dark alley into a broad space where the moonlight fell strongly He saw a figure on a terrace above him, but without being able to recognize to whom it belonged Timidly and fearfully he retired within the shade and crept noiselessly away Shocked at the very thought of discovery The next day he found a small bouquet of fresh flowers on the rustic seat beneath the window At first he scarcely dared to touch it but with a sudden flash of hope that it had been destined for himself he pressed the flowers to his lips and hid them in his bosom each night now the same present attracted him to the same place and thus at once within his heart was lighted a flame of hope that illuminated all his being making his whole life a glorious episode and filling all the long hours of the day with thoughts of her who thus could think of him Life has its triumphant moments its dream of entrancing ecstatic delight When success has crowned a hard-fought struggle Or when the mead of other men's praise comes showered on us the triumphs of heroism of intellect of Noble endurance the trials of temptation met and conquered the glorious victory over self-interest are all great and ennobling sensations, but when they are all compared with the first consciousness of being loved, of being to another the ideal we have made of her, to this nothing the world can give is equal. From the moment we have felt it, life changes around us. Its crosses are but barriers opposed to our strong will that to assail and storm is a duty. Then comes a heroism in meeting the everyday troubles of existence as though we were soldiers in a good and holy cause No longer unseen or unmarked in the great ocean of life We feel that there is an eye ever turned towards us a heart ever throbbing with our own That our triumphs are its triumphs our sorrows its sorrows apart from all the intercourse with the world with its changeful good and evil We feel that we have a treasure that dangers cannot approach We know that in our heart of hearts a blessed mystery is locked up a Well of pure thoughts that can calm down the most fevered hour of life's anxieties So the youth felt and feeling so was happy End of chapter 33